I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Just days away from the midterm elections, and there's a very good chance there could be a big red wave because of new poll numbers that have come out. Welcome to Verdict with Ted Cruz, Senator. These poll numbers have come out, and it is really good for uh, Republican candidates. There's a very interesting article in the National Review about the media's, quote, delusional midterm coverage. They're doing everything they can to overlook the Gallup new poll, which finds that the public assessment of the U.S. economy and national satisfaction are the lowest they have measured at the time of a midterm election. This means I think a red wave could be coming in a very, very big way all over the country. Well, Ben, I think that's exactly right. I expect on Election Day an historic election. I've been saying for some time I think Republicans are going to take both houses of Congress. I think we're going to take the House, and the majority could be as big as 30, 40, 50 seats. I think it will be on the order of magnitude of 2010. Uh, The Senate, I I think we're likely to take 53 or 54 seats, which, which would be a very, very strong pickup. One of the indicia that it's going to be a great Republican year is is the corporate media is in a panic right now. They are spinning to, to their heart's delight, desperately trying to change the topic. The Gallup polls that came out this week, let me, let me read from Gallup, and this is a quote. The Democrats are especially vulnerable this year because the national mood is as bad, if not worse, than it has been in any recent midterm election year. And, in, and Gallup continues, quote, Heading into Election Day, 40% of Americans approve of the job Joe Biden is doing as president. 17% are satisfied with the way things are going in the U.S. 
49% describe the health of the economy as poor, compared with 14% saying it is excellent or good, and 21% approve of the job the democratically-led Congress is doing. Current ratings of the U.S. economy and national satisfaction are the lowest Gallup has measured at the time of the midterm election over the life of these polling trends, starting in 1994 and 1982, respectively. Congressional and presidential job approval are near their historic low marks. That suggests a very bad election for Democrats and a very, very good election for Republicans. Senator, I want to go into the media and how they're covering this. But before we get to that, I want to tell everybody about our amazing sponsor, Patriot Mobile. If you've got a cell phone, and 99% of Americans do, how would you like to know that with every phone call you make, you're supporting conservative causes? Well, that's what Patriot Mobile does. And they use the same cell towers that you're on right now, meaning you get the same exact coverage that you're getting right now. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider. They are a force for conservative values. Why? Because they take a portion of every bill that you pay and they fund conservative causes, candidates, and organizations that believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, and the Second Amendment, and they're winning. If you're ready to have your dollars matter when you're paying a bill, switch to Patriot Mobile. They can save you money over what you're paying right now. They can save you and your family money, and they even can save your business or small business money because they have an entire section of the business that's just dedicated to businesses. They offer the same nationwide coverage as all the other major carriers, but the difference is you actually get to stand up for what you believe in every time you pay that bill. So go online to patriotmobile.com slash verdict, patriotmobile.com dot com slash verdict you'll get free activation and other major offers and you can call them 972 patriot that's 972 patriot use the promo code verdict you know you look at the media and how they're covering this and and they they went through the top election issues and senator i want to go through each one of these uh one by one and you explain to everybody listening why this is connecting with voters and i'll say this real quick for everybody listening please Make sure you support us by hitting that share button right now. Share this podcast wherever you're hearing it. Also, write us a five-star review that helps us reach more people uh, on the podcasting charts. And and one of the things, Senator, that I think is, and it's the number one issue. It goes back to Ronald Reagan. It's the economy, stupid. 49% of respondents say the economy is the number one issue. And when asked who they believe can fix the problem with the economy, Senator, there is a massive lead for Republicans with 31% advantage over the Democrats on the economy. Well, that's right. And consistently this year, three issues have topped the priorities for the voters. The number one issue has been inflation and in particular gas prices. The number two issue nationally has been crime. And the number three issue consistently has been illegal immigration. If you look at those three issues, number one, all of them have gotten much, much worse over the last two years. Even someone not paying attention, it's not confusing that before Joe Biden was president, gas was $2.38 a gallon, and today in a lot of places it's 4 or $5 a gallon. It's gotten as high as 6 and $7 a gallon. 
that people feel every time they fill up their car, every time they fill up their truck, they look at the numbers and wait a second, this isn't a two-digit number, it's a three-digit number. That is real. Um, crime, people are seeing crime everywhere. It, it, in every major city, crime is skyrocketing. And the Democrats have leaned in on this. This is the party that embraced Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots across the country. This is a party that thought it was a great idea to lean in on demonizing the police, advocating for abolishing the police, defunding the police. And I'll tell you, a lot of people, they get that that really doesn't make any sense. And, and when you have these Democrats advancing things like cashless bail, basically you arrest a violent criminal, let's let him go. Well, people are discovering that when you let violent criminals go, they commit more violent crimes. And then illegal immigration. Again, there's no ambiguity on who is to blame for illegal immigration. The last year of Trump's presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Today, we have the highest rate of illegal immigration in 62 years. That changed literally the day Joe Biden put his hand on the Bible. And, and Ben, I'll tell you, tell you that the differences are moving voters, not just, just uh, reliable, traditional Republican voters, but new voters are shifting dramatically to Republicans. Let me read from the Wall Street Journal, quote, the GOP has seen a shift in its favor among several voter groups, including Latino voters and women, and particularly white suburban women. That group, which the pollsters said makes up 20% of the electorate, shifted 26 percentage points away from Democrats since the Journal's August poll and now favors the GOP by 15 percentage points. If you want to do some real simple math, over the last decade, blue-collar vo voters have moved significantly towards Republicans, and what gave Democrats a counterbalancing force, force was suburban women moved towards Democrats. What Joe Biden and Schumer and Pelosi have done is driven suburban women back to Republicans, and they've done, th done so at the same time they're driving Hispanics to Republicans as well. I think that all adds together to an historic election. There's something shocking that's happening as well, Senator, and that is the media is being forced to cover how bad things are in the economy and the recession concerns amid high inflation. The Today Show, and, and again, they won't connect the dots to the Democrats, but they did a segment this morning on gas prices, and they referred to Americans being, quote, trapped in a vortex of bad economic news listen to this and then i want to get your reaction this morning america seems trapped in a vortex of bad economic news sky-high food prices pump prices at record levels soaring rents up 16 percent in one year COVID lockdowns in china the world's manufacturing center choking the global supply chain u.s corporate profits sinking russian oil under partial embargo ukrainian wheat exports at a standstill and all of it feeding 40-year high inflation that americans are paying for every day on the front lines shippers and truck drivers with diesel fuel prices up 75 percent in one year in indiana shelly conaway is a full-time truck driver who also runs a charity to rush supplies to those in need we were looking at possibly buying trailers and a truck another truck but we won't be able to afford to put tires on it or put fuel in the tank I mean, Senator, you hear this. This is the Today Show saying this. 
talking about fuel prices up, but diesel up 75%. This coming as there's new warnings on a shortage. U.S. diesel suppliers are, quote, warning businesses to prepare for shortages, higher prices for consumers. They believe that, that, that the price of a gallon of diesel could go to 8 to $10 a gallon, possibly by the end of the year. Well, look, anytime the Today Show is leading with a, quote, a vortex of bad economic results, that's not exactly the re-election campaign the Democrats want. And, and part of the problem is they're in charge of everything. The Democrats have the White House. They have every cabinet agency. They have the Senate. They have the House. They've got the entirety of the federal government. That means their usual trick when they screw things up is to try to blame Republicans. It's really hard to, to do that when they've been in complete charge. And, and even again, look, for people following it, it's obvious this has been a devastating two years in terms of bad legislation and bad policies. But for people not following it, and often elections are influenced by people who are living their lives, not paying attention to politics, and then come election day, they come out and vote, even for someone not paying attention, it ain't complicated that life has gotten a lot crappier with Democrats in charge. And, and the sentiment that, that, that is being expressed all over the country is, is we want change. We want to change the road we're on. We don't like being afraid to walk down the street, being afraid that you might be mugged even for those who aren't, aren't paying attention. And I think you combine that with the economic reality and also the utter chaos of illegal immigration, 4.4 million people, which in turn is also driving the crime rate. Many of these crimes that are carried out are being carried out by illegal immigrants. You remember a few weeks ago, the, the day the bus tour was in Vegas, there was a lunatic who at 11 in the morning committed a mass stabbing in front of one of the major hotels on the Strip. Now, look, you know, Vegas tries to, to market itself as a family-friendly vacation place. If there are mass stabbings, not at 3 in the morning by some drunk in a seedy bar, but at 11 a.m. standing on the sidewalk in front of a major glitzy hotel, that is a problem. And, of course, the criminal there was yet another illegal alien who'd been released from jail by the Democrats. This pattern keeps playing out. Senator, when it comes to the issue of crime, and this is something we're seeing not only at the border, but we're seeing it all across the country, Latino voters are now breaking for conservatives in a historic way, which can certainly add to this red wave that I believe we're going to see on Election Day. New York City, uh, for example, Latino grocers there actually came together on Monday night last minute to raise $70,000 for Lee Zeldin after historically voting for Democrat. And this coalition of mainly Latino supermarket owners in New York City showed up to support the Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin after having endured what they described as rampant shoplifting. Now, why did this happen? Because in New York, if you, if you steal less than $1,000 of goods, and that's a lot of groceries, you're not going to go to jail. You're going to maybe get caught, and then you'll have a court date, but you will not spend a single night in jail. And 70 entrepreneurs operating mom-and-pop supermarkets met together, gave $1,000 each to Zeldin's campaign, saying they will not be able to survive if the criminals are continued to allow to target grocers and just walk in and steal whatever the hell they want. 
Well, look, that's exactly right. And, and it's not just shoplifting, although shoplifting and, and theft under Democrats has gotten worse and worse. But but we all remember the bodega owner in New York who, who a criminal came in to rob him and, and, and was trying to rob him. Uh, and, and, and the owner defended himself and the D.A. In, in turn charged the bodega owner with defending himself. They treated him as the criminal because he defended himself from an armed robber. Now, now that is a little bit crazy. In fact, that's a lot crazy. But it also, you combine policies that are really hurting people across the country with the Democrats are so wildly out of touch with the Hispanic community. Remember Jill Biden gave a speech in San Antonio, uh, number one, in front of a conference that was called a Latinx conference. And I'll tell you right now, here's a real great giveaway. If anyone uses the idiotic made-up word Latinx, I promise you they are not Latino. They are a woke white liberal because that's the only people who use it. Literally, if you look at the Spanish language, everything in the Spanish language is either masculine or feminine. It ends with an O or an A. The entire language, and and what do these folks do? They want to edit it out, and, and Jill Biden famously, number one, she didn't know what a bodega was. She called it a bagada, which I'm not <laughs> sure what a bagada is. Maybe maybe it's the capital of Colombia. And, and, and that's also where she, she famously referred to Hispanics, said, said that, that, that you are as unique as breakfast tacos. And I got to tell you, people heard that and were pissed. And, and what's amazing, Ben, that was not an off-the-cuff gaffe. Listen, Joe Biden makes gaffes every day because who knows what he's going to say. She was reading from a teleprompter. That means a White House speechwriter typed that out and loaded it into to, to the teleprompter, and they are that out of touch. Their attitude to Latinos is vote for us and shut up. And, and I got to say, I think we're going to see a huge shift. I've talked about this a lot. I, I think in particular, South Texas is going to turn red. We are going to elect three Republicans in South Texas, all three of whom are Latina, all three of whom I'm supporting in a big, big way have done multiple rallies for them. I'm getting ready to do a big rally in San Antonio in a few days for them. And I, I think we're going to end up those districts. All right, let's start with, with the special election. Remember, a couple of months ago, there was a special election in Texas. Uh, it is for a district that, that is along the Gulf Coast. It runs from just south of Corpus Christi all the way down to Brownsville, which is the southern tip of Texas right on the border of Mexico. This is a district that has not had a Republican represent since 1871. That's a long damn time ago. It's incredible. They, they had a special election. The voters elected Myra Flores, a Republican. She is the first woman elected to Congress who was actually born in Mexico. And by the way, she applied to be a member of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus and, and the, the Democrats rejected her. They said, nope, nope, if you're not Democrat, you don't count as Hispanic. So they threw her out. They said, you're not welcome. Um, Myra is fantastic. The district next to her, Monica Dela Cruz is running. Monica is fantastic. She's a single mom. She's a small business owner. She is, is two years ago, she ran in that district and came within two points of beating the incumbent Democrat and she had no money and no support whatsoever. I think Monica's going to win this year. The next district is Cassie Garcia. Cassie is someone I know incredibly well. She was on my staff for over seven years. She was my South Texas director 
and my deputy state director. She's running against Henry Cuellar, the incumbent Democrat. I think all three are going to win, and, and you're going to end up with those three districts. None of them have had a Republican in over 100 years. I think all three of them are going to elect Republicans. They're all Latinas, and two of the three, Myra and Cassie, are both married to Border Patrol agents. That is a big, big deal. It is a generational shift, and, 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 and I think it's going to change not just Washington, but change the Republican Party. You, you mentioned this change, and part of this is just safety, right? The economy is, is stumbling. You have interest rates that have more than doubled on home, interest rates, 30-year mortgage since the beginning of the year. Uh, the realtors that I have spoken with and bankers that I've talked to have said that this is just shell-shocking, what it's cha- how quickly it's changed. And, I, and to put it in perspective, uh, this was a tweet that went viral. It said, this is crazy. If you secured a 30-year fixed mortgage— on a $600,000 home at 2.6% interest rate in 2021, you have the same monthly mortgage payment as someone that just bought a house for $392,000 today with a 6.2% interest rate. I mean, Senator, this is 200 plus thousand of buying power that disappeared in the market if you use that example. And Democrats keep looking at you, keep trying to tell you that the economy is in good shape. That we're not in a recession when we obviously are headed towards a recession. And now this is affecting the American dream. Well, you know, there was an old line that that Reagan used where he said a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. And a recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his job. And and I got to say that resonated. The last time we faced inflation this high was a result of Jimmy Carter's disastrous policies, and it produced the Reagan revolution. I believe that the greatest outcome of Biden and Harris and Schumer and Pelosi is going to be a new Reagan revolution, a new generation of conservatives coming into office. And I got to say on the economic piece, there's a double whammy here that, that most folks in the news don't focus on. So, yes, prices of everything have gone up. Prices of food, electricity, rent, mortgage, everything's gone up, gasoline. But at the same time, and and you touched on it a minute ago with your mortgage example, your savings and assets have plummeted. Uh, Your 401K has plummeted. The average nationally is $34,000. That means for seniors, if you're retired, you've spent 30, 40 years saving and you've seen your 401k in just two years under Joe Biden drop 20 percent, 25 percent, 30 percent. A lot of seniors are scared. Look, that's what you rely on. Uh, you know, my mom is 87. She, she looks at what is in her retirement account, and that's how she's paying her bills. And when it goes down, it, it, it worries her. Um, uh, for many people, their single biggest asset, their single biggest source of savings is their home. When mortgage rates skyrocket, it puts downward pressure on real estate because people can't afford to buy new homes. You're locked into a house. Um, it, it not only reduces people's flexibility, meaning you can't get out of a house if you need to, um, it reduces the value of your underlying asset. And so the combination of your savings are worth a whole lot less and it costs a bunch more to live every week, that combination is really vicious, and it's a big part of why people are so ticked off and, and ready to throw the bums out.
I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Which brings me to the issue of the delusion with the media. And I do believe that the media is totally delusional right now, trying to save the Democrats ahead of the midterms. Even on CNN, uh, Kirsten Powers uh, had this to say this morning about crime and the Democrats. And, and Senator, you're going to want to laugh because it is the most hysterical rewriting of history. Fear works. I mean, have Democrats done enough to well, combat that? No, I think they've been very, they've been caught flat-footed on the crime issue because the, the crime issue isn't something that's just happening in Democratic states. In fact, it's happening in Republican states. It's happening at very high rates. And Democrats have a pretty good record on, on crime, and yet they're not talking about it. And they, it's in the same way... There's a lot of people in this country who believe the Democratic Party supported defund the police, and they didn't, right? And they just don't do a good enough job of explaining what they believe, in part because they have a base that, you know, has opinions that actually does support defund the police or has differing opinions. So they're kind of trying to walk this line. But I do think that they should have been more aggressive about it because it is something that is a lot of people are very concerned about. I mean, she says they should be more aggressive, Senator. She actually looks you straight in the face and says that the Democrats have a pretty good record on crime and the Democratic Party didn't support defund the police. Those are both lies and they go unchecked. 
Yeah, look, it really is striking when the corporate media is is upbraiding the Democrats saying, look, we know how to lie. We're lying for you. Why don't you lie as much as we do? Um, her claim now she has to acknowledge, well, their base supports defunding the police. But what she doesn't acknowledge is, OK, defunding the police was not just a bumper sticker. It's something these idiots did. In Minneapolis, they slashed the funding for the police department. In New York City, they cut the funding for the NYPD by over $1 billion. This is not theory. This is practice. In Austin, Texas, they cut the funding for the police by over $150 million. They've done this over and over again. And by the way, it's not just the locals, although the locals are a real problem. It is at the national level. Joe Biden has nominated not one, not two, three of the leading advocates of abolishing the police, hold three of the leading positions in the U.S. Department of Justice. I detail this in my new book, Justice Corrupted, How the Left Has Weaponized the Legal System. I have an entire chapter on this that walks through chapter and verse. So Joe Biden nominated Vanita Gupta and Kirsten Clark, Vanita Gupta to be Associate Attorney General, the number three position at the Department of Justice, Kirsten Clark to be the head of the Civil Rights Division, one of the very top positions of the Department of Justice. Both of them have been explicit, repeated advocates for abolishing and defunding the police. They've written about it. They testified in front of Congress for it. And when Biden nominated two of the leading advocates of defunding the police to senior DOJ positions, every single Democrat, all of them, voted to confirm both of them. Now, you can't vote to put people in who are advocates of radical policies and then claim, oh, I don't know anything about the radical policies. And actually, the third nominee is one that deserves a little bit of focus. Rachel Rollins. Now, who is Rachel Rollins? Rachel Rollins was a George Soros prosecutor. Soros has spent millions of dollars electing left-wing DAs. And, and he understood, look, if you want, there are two ways to abolish the police. One is you go after the cops, you take the cops off the street. The other way is you take over the DA's office. Why? Because if the DA refuses to prosecute the crime, it doesn't really matter if the cops arrest the criminals or not. If they arrest the criminals and then let them go because the DA won't prosecute them, you've effectively abolished the police. You've stopped the prevention of and the deterrence of crime. Rachel Rollins was a Soros DA in Suffolk, Massachusetts. When she came in, she put out a list of 15 crimes that she said her prosecutors were not allowed to prosecute. Things like trespassing, things like drug possession, things like resisting arrest, where her prosecutors were forbidden from prosecuting it, which means if you want to take a swing at a cop when he's arresting you, in her jurisdiction, that is A-OK. -okay. Well, what happened? Joe Biden promptly nominate, nominated her to be the United States attorney for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, that is the top federal prosecutor in the state of Massachusetts. We had a vigorous battle in the Judiciary Committee, and, and in the book Justice Corrupted, I walk through the, the, the arguments I made on the Judiciary Committee, the speech I gave on the Senate floor, walking through her record, chapter and verse, every single Democrat voted to confirm her. So when, when these folks lie as the journalists are doing and saying, oh, no, 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 we don't support defunding the police. Well, if you didn't, one of you could have mustered the courage to say, let's not make the chief federal prosecutor someone who refuses to prosecute crime. But listen, the media is an overdrive. I'll give you another quote from the New York Times. 
On October 25th, Nate Cohn of the New York Times wrote, quote, let's imagine that the polls are exactly right about the national political environment. If so, the race is in a very delicate spot. Everything from a Democrat hold in the Senate and a narrow House majority to a total Republican route becomes imaginable. Now, Ben, for Nate Cohn to write a week ago that a Democrat hold of the House is entirely imaginable despite the worst polling numbers in a midterm ever seen, that it's so ludicrous. Look, he knows he's lying. Presumably, many of his readers know he's lying, but they're counting on someone, I guess, not knowing he's lying. It, it, it really is astonishing. It truly is. And I think one of the big things now is Democrats are trying to act like they, they are angry and they have their feelings hurt and they're shocked that people are actually holding them accountable for what they believe in. There was a very interesting column uh, that referred to the Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi husband's the attack on him, which you condemned immediately. We talked about it on this show. I condemned it as well. But there was an interesting column that came out from Karen Tumulty. She's a she's a prominent op-edder. I want to be fair about that. And her column is entitled, I'm sorry I said nice things about Glenn Youngkin. She said, I'd like to take this opportunity to uh, retract the nice things I said about Glenn Youngkin a few months ago. In July, I wrote a column when reports began to surface that Virginia's Republican governor, a fresh and sunny political newcomer with proven bipartisan appeal, was already thinking about running for president. At the time, I expressed hope for that Youngkin or someone like him would seek the GOP nomination. Now she wants to take it all back because she's angry over the attack and the politics around the attack on Paul Pelosi. This might be one of the weirdest op-eds I've ever read. Yeah, well, one of the things, okay, if you look at the, at the attack on Paul Pelosi, it was horrific. Um, and, and, and I will say... Listen, we're such a polarized, tribalized world that, that you've got right and left attacking on everything. And, and some of the things folks are saying on Twitter about it, I, I wish they w wouldn't say. You've got an 82-year-old man who was hit in the head with a hammer. Uh, and, and violence and political violence is real. It, it is something that there are threats against elected officials and their families. And, and, and what happened to Paul Pelosi never should have happened instantaneously the media and the democrats though seized upon this as a political opportunity and, and it was completely concerted on almost every media outlet they said okay this is republicans fault this is donald trump's fault this is the fault of every every republican running and so the answer is you got to vote for democrats they immediately politicized it and and listen, there are multiple elements of this. Number one, look, I guess we'll learn more about this assailant. But what we know about him is he was a hippie nudist in Berkeley, California, who was an illegal immigrant who had overstayed his visa. Um, this is not someone who easily fits into the bucket of MAGA right wing base. Um, I don't know the guy's story. He appears to be a drug-addled nut, and unfortunately, there are more than a few drug-addled nuts who carry out acts of violence. But for the media, and this is why this, this Karen Tumulty article is, is, is so ridiculous and it's so revealing. Um, 
She goes on, the reason she's decided Yunkin is now persona non grata is because Yunkin is campaigning for Republicans. And, and in fact, Glenn and I, and Glenn is a friend, I endorsed Glenn when he ran for governor. I spent two days barnstorming Virginia with Glenn the two days before his primary. And I, I'm a, I, I think very highly of Glenn. Glenn and I, just over a week ago, were campaigning together for Yesley Vega, who's a fantastic candidate running in Virginia. We did a rally together for Yesley that was phenomenal. Well, um, here's what, what Karen Tumulty writes. As news was breaking Friday about the horrific attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, by an intruder in their San Francisco home, Yunkin happened to be campaigning in Stafford, Virginia, for Yesley Vega, the Republican running in a very tight race against Democratic Rep. Abigail Spanberger. Quote, Speaker Pelosi's husband, they had a break-in last night at their house, and he was assaulted. There's no room for violence anywhere. Exactly right, right thing to say. That's me speaking now. But now Tumulty keeps going. Alas, he didn't stop there. Quote, but we're going to send her back to be with him in California, the governor said. As the crowd cheered, Yunkin doubled down. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. For that reason, suddenly Karen Tumulty says, I'm sorry I ever said anything positive about it. Now look what the media is trying to do. Literally saying, defeat the Democrats, defeat Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. That is celebrating violence. What utter unmitigated horse crap. What Glenn said is what every Republican is saying across the country. When you elect Democrats, they implement bad policies and bad things happen to you and your family. And, and the absolute double standard. Look, a few years back when a crazed Bernie Sanders supporter shot and nearly killed Steve Scalise, you didn't see the Democrats being blamed for their rhetoric. Earlier this year, when a crazed lunatic tried to kill Lee Zeldin on the campaign trail, you didn't see the Democrats being condemned for their rhetoric. Just a few months ago, when a crazed lunatic went from California to D.C. trying to murder Justice Brett Kavanaugh, again, the media didn't say, you know, the time has come for Schumer and the leftists to stop. They don't do that. But it is, I, I got to say, Ben, it, well, it's, Senator, it's, they didn't even, the White House didn't even condemn it. They were silent. True. They had the opportunity, by the way. They were asked by the media, and they purposely said nothing about the assassination attempt on a Supreme Court justice and putting out that hit list, basically, of where they lived. They wouldn't even condemn the people going to the houses of Supreme Court justices, which is supposed to be a felony to try to influence their vote. So it is a felony. And the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, is so political that he still refuses to prosecute the people that are aggressively protesting in front of the justice's home. He simply decides, OK, certain portions of the criminal code I don't enforce because it is contrary to my partisan political interests. Um, and it, it is truly absurd. Y y you know, I, I watched one of the Sunday shows where, where uh, Tom Amber, one of the uh, House congressional leaders, was on. And, and Margaret Brennan was cross-examining him. You know, do, do you regret saying fire Nancy Pelosi? And, and Tom's a fairly mild-mannered guy. I, I, I wish he had looked at her and said, hell no. And, and I regret the fact that she's in office right now because her policies have been disastrous for people in this country. But what the media is trying to do, bizarrely, they're actually celebrating this horrific physical attack on, on Paul Pelosi because they see it as an excuse 
it, when they're done telling the story, it was Donald Trump wearing a red hat that was wielding the hammer instead of some crazed hippie nudist from Berkeley who's an illegal alien. And who knows what views he has? Maybe he has some right-wing views or left-wing views. I don't know. But to claim that because some lunatic assaulted Pelosi's husband, that it is now verboten to try to beat Democrats on Election Day, even for the corrupt corporate media, that is is the height of absurdity. It certainly is. And, Senator, you and I uh, did a, a podcast, a deep dive just a couple days ago that I want to bring attention to uh, to people that are listening about how to watch election night race by race. We will also be doing verdict on election night. We'll have a couple of shows between now and then we'll be down in Texas for that uh, end of the bus tour coming up. So if you're in the San Antonio area, make sure you come and see us on Friday as uh, and you can go online at tcbustour.com to get all the information. Don't forget, grab the center's new book that is out now as well. Uh, and uh, we will be with you in a couple of days here. Make sure you share this podcast with your family and friends hit that subscribe or auto download button write us a five-star review uh, and the center and i will be back with you in just a couple of days the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world we cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening what it means and why it matters every afternoon I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.